0: Alright, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe that, say Amen. amen. Once again, Happy New Year. I know some of us who are seen for the first time, you were not around on Saturday and you were not around yesterday. Alright, uh, this is 2016. It's officially our first uh, school of prayer meeting. Yesterday was a special meeting uh, for co-workers, but everybody um, who wanted to come was very highly welcome. I I want to just say that this year is going to be a great year in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's going to be a great year. I, I said something on, um okay, that was yesterday for the special meeting. And let me just start from there today. That my brethren and I, we had um, a 20-day prayer meeting. And in the 20 days, were well, just about, well, because it was an online prayer meeting, different people had took different times to do the prayer. It was supposed to be like 30 minutes each day. Alright for over 20 days we prayed the only day we bothered to take the issue of your enemies all those kind of things was just to obey the instruction of the Lord Jesus Christ which he said you should pray for your enemies you should do good to those who hate you you're right you should pour water alright I'm, I'm adding words now upon their own testing ground by blessing them those who you believe are your enemies and I said, we prayed that number of days, and nobody said, look, this year, my enemies will die. Nobody bothered. You know, I keep on saying these things because we need to get things right. And what I'm trying to do, I believe by the instruction of the Almighty God in this school of prayer, is to teach Christians how to pray effectively. I said something the other time. Let me say it again. Kindly, please, especially at our school of prayer collection, 122 messages in which I spoke on prayer, different days, 122 days. Please listen to them and learn how to pray effectively and give it to somebody and help the person. What I'm going to bring out is that nobody can stop your progress. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. Nobody, no human being can stop the progress of the child of God. That's what I'm trying to emphasize again by referring to that. You know, some people will say, oh, the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And they make, make the mistake of, that is, they misinterpret what Isaiah was saying. Isaiah was given the date in which he saw the Lord. It's like saying the year in which Muhammadu Buhari won the presidential election, I moved to Enugu. That was what he was saying. He was not saying that the death of um, King Guzai was necessary for him to make progress in life. No, it was not at all necessary. David said it like that, um, that he prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. We must understand this. Our enemies are not a hindrance to our progress. I, do, I don't know why the thing is so strong on my mind. I've been saying this since yesterday. Your enemies are not a hindrance to your progress. They cannot stop you from progressing. Don't let anybody deceive you by telling you that they have a spirit husbands, mommy water spirits, or banjas. People are in the village, they are raising up incantation, like one um, flyer I saw last year, a poster, a uh, package in the city and tied in the village. You, you, <laughs> you get my point? You cannot be tied anywhere if you are a child of God. No human being can tie you. If you're a child of God, the only thing that can hinder you is yourself. That is all. There's nobody else who can do it. You are the one that can do things that will hinder your progress. And that's why you have to learn to pray effectively. Because God gave us prayer as a way by which we correct things. Especially when we do things that are wrong. By the power of prayer, we correct them with our words. And that's what is called confession. You understand my point? By asking God for mercy. God gave us prayer to be able to control things that are beyond your own physical ability to control. Where you can't go, your words of prayer can go there. Things that are beyond you physically speaking. God gave you the power of prayer. To be able to handle them, your child is somewhere far away. Prayer here will be as if the child is in front of you. I don't know what I'm getting. What am going to bring out here? All right, somebody is supposed to help you by God's commandment, and it's far away. You are praying to God simply, and God will mobilize help from afar. That is why God gave us prayer, so we must use it effectively. Because the beginning of the year again, I just want to um, let us do some things that are important when one is starting a new season. I said something before. I said it on Saturday again that a new season actually is not dictated by a change of calendar. Yes, we are trying to you know, help people by taking the, this change of calendar like a new season. But a new season actually is not determined by a change of calendar. A new season is determined when God says the old season has been accomplished. Are you getting my point? When it says the old season has been accomplished, and then a new season is set to be, begin. For example, if you enter into the university, if they say you are supposed to be there for four years, the four years has a meaning. The four years does not mean one, two, three, four times 12 calendar months. The four year means Physics 101, Physics 102. Do you understand my point? Chem 101, Bio 106, No, Physics 125. They pack that together. That is year one. Then year two, you go on to it, you know, whatever, depending on the subject you are studying. You find subjects for each year. Year three, assuming you are a physics student, all right? You say Physics 301 is 302, this is three oh three, second semester, they tell you three two two, three one five, you know. That's that's what they call year three. Year four, you start again. That is the meaning of a season. Now, if you enter into the university and by the third year you are still doing physics one oh five. Yes, you, you know you are still in year one. Physically, you are in third year, but academically you are in first year. The season changes when you have accumulated enough credits. From the core courses, the mandatory courses, and the electives to complete the first year. Then your second season starts. Then your whole season in university, all right, comes to an end when you've accumulated the total number of courses necessary, credits necessary. You've done your project, you've defended it, they will now award you a bachelor's in that particular area. That's when that season is over. Not because they change calendar, not because they changed vice chancellor. You're getting my point. It's because you fulfilled that which was necessary in its season that's supposed to go out. Then you are ready to step into the next. All right? And when we step into the next, there's a way we prepare ourselves. Okay? I was saying something yesterday for the first way around for the special prayer meeting. I was emphasizing the fact that God gave us words to water things ahead of us. So what i want to do today is just to take, to lead us again. So let us take words and water this year, you know, for some it was a new season, but for all of us, of course, it's a new year. Generally, calendar everywhere dictates that we start a new year at this particular point. But I just want us to take words and utter those words ahead and thereby create a spiritual atmosphere that, first of all, like I was saying yesterday, okay, in our hearts and secondly, around us. First of all, the spiritual atmosphere is created in our hearts and then secondly, it is created around us. And the emphasis of every child of God Is a spiritual atmosphere that he's creating, she's creating inside himself, inside herself. Now, I was saying something earlier. Nobody can stop you from progressing. I need to emphasize this, not even the economy around you. It's very important you get that point. It is how you react to things that matter. Crude fell from 100 naira to $35, from $100 to $35. It can only mean, okay, for the fellow who God is blessing, that it's a season for him to grow richer. If it increases from thirty-five to hundred dollars, he has only one minute. The season for that man to grow richer. <laughs> Why? Because faith ensures that you float above the water. The water filled the whole earth and drowned everybody, minus Noah and his family. Why? Because God gave them a technology, if I may use that expression, by which they were going to float above the waters. The most important thing, well, in this particular light now, is how you react to the news that you hear and the kind of things you say as a result of the things that you hear. If you hear that things are going down, and you decide that everything is going down, then you will go down with it. Don't ever forget, even though God, Jesus wanted Peter to walk on water, he sank in the presence of the Lord Jesus, because he began to fear, because he began to walk in unbelief. We must be careful to ensure that we walk in faith all the time, And when we walk in faith, even though we are walking on tumultuous waters, we still remain afloat. That is very important. No matter what the things around are like, you will remain afloat. Somebody say amen. Amen. That is a matter of fact. And that's why God gave us his word. And I want us to engage that word today. Now I want to just take uh, one of the prayer days that my brother and I prayed. And I want to use that one for us to pray. That was one we took on the first, um, on January 1. What I want us to do today, all right, is just to pour water upon the ground that we are going to be working on in this particular year. And like I said, the way we do it is by our words that we speak. He said, that I might purify her with the washing of water by the word. That is, the word of God is a water. That's what I'm trying to emphasize from that particular scripture. Now, what we want to do is just to take God's word and, all right, utter them. Uh, I just want to say something quickly about the power of faith. One of our sisters gave me a testimony about, that was uh, on Saturday. It was an interesting testimony. Very simple that when I was preaching um, during the seminar, I said something, I can't remember saying it, okay? If I didn't know I went in that direction, that I said that as a child of God, just approach God as Father and ask Him for what you need. It is not about, um, you know, let me use the expression now, it's not about sowing seed. It's not about activating faith in one particular area, you know, those mechanical things. Just approach him as father. Then she now says something. Of course, that she went and prayed for something she needed. And it took God exactly 24 hours (laughs) thereabout to solve it. And she was so excited. She was telling me that. He he said, oh, so I didn't know it was this simple. I should have just prayed this prayer since last month. I'm going somewhere. (laughs) I said to her, yes, indeed, it is simple. But why you could not have prayed the prayer the month before was simply because faith is stirred up by words. It was because you heard certain words that stirred up faith inside you. And for that reason, you were able to ask God something simply. And but your faith, now, you know, I said something the other day on Saturday that faith is not how much a struggle. Faith is like muscle. It's either you have it or you don't have it. And the more you have it, the less you realize you are using it. I don't know whether I get my point. Did you hear what I said? Yes. The more you have the muscle, the less you realize that you are exerting it. It's those who don't have it. <laughs> I mean, has a child ever given you something like, ah, Daddy, open my sweet for me, you know, those kind of things. And the boy has been biting that wrap, struggling with the wrap, chewing, almost chewing the sweet inside the wrap. Then he gives you the sweet, you just take it and... Just hear it, bring it out. And to, you, to him, you look like Superman. You had the muscle. So you didn't realize you were using it. That's how faith is. The truth is that most of the time we are trying to exercise faith is proof we don't have much of it. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't use the little we have. I'm just trying to say that it is crucial that we always build up our faith. I just want to give that to us. All right. I don't know why I'm saying it now. Let me say just to start this year, we'll start studying the word of God. Please. Hmm? This year, this new season, this new phase of life, whatever it is you want to describe it, that we are working in, make sure that the building of your faith is a paramount thing that is inside your heart. Not the using of it. Listen, I know you have to use it. But I have found out that if you have it, Using it is very easy. And the times you use it, you won't even know you are using it because you have built it. E.W. Kenyon said, if you wait till you have faith, uh, till you need faith, to try and go and get it, you waited too late. Please, I hope you are getting my point. Make sure that this is in there. It is about what? Building up my faith. Maybe on Saturday, I will get into some... I, will give, I don't want to stay on that. And I just feel like I was dropping that slightly. Why I went into that initially was that I want to say that in this kind of atmosphere where we are encouraging ourselves with the word of God, all right, that's kind of why I want to do that. Please participate from the bottom of your heart, because faith is stirred up when the word of God is coming. That's why he told that story, so that there are things you will say today. They will produce dramatic results for you. This, 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 in this same year. Are you getting my point? Yes, the prophetic word. This same year, in 2016. And it will be a result of what you declared today, today, physically today, today that we are talking. Why? Because as we are sharing the word of God, and as we are expounding the word of God, the, Holy, the spirit of faith is flowing. One of my friends, he lives in Canada. I don't know about now, but then Canadian visa was so hard to get. American visa was twice as easy, you know? like it was much easier. And then one day he, was, he listened online. And listen to a message I preached on anatomy of prayer. Apparently I said the same thing there. He had believed God. He had confessed word. He had done everything. Because he wanted his mother to come and visit. The mother had tried for a visit again and again. Canadians had said no. So that they said he finished listening to anatomy of prayer. And then he sat down on the floor. I think on the stairs inside his house. He said he sat down there. And just asked the Lord simply. Just leaned back. Say dear Lord. The same principle. said, so you ask the Lord simply and say, "Lord, I want my mother to come and visit. Please grant her a visa." I think that week or the following week, the woman got a visa. So he called me from Canada to share the testimony with me. That's see what happened. though. I just listened to when you were teaching on just at something about the simplicity of prayer, approaching God with a simple heart, not speaking big English. My wife can testify to you. I don't have a prayer sound. No, I say prayer sound. The same voice with which I talk to you. That is the same way I pray. In fact, when my wife and I are praying sometimes, she doesn't know when I'm praying and when I'm talking to her. I mean, we saying something, say, ah, the Lord is good, he will supply, so maybe we're we'll believing God for something. I just suddenly, I say, hey, you see, like I was saying the other day, she has to pause, like, are you talking to me or talking to him? <laughs> One day she told me, say, you pray funny. <laughs> now, please, I'm, I, what I'm, say, I'm just going to emphasize the simplicity of the prayer, but back to the main reason why I refer to it. What happened in those situations was that the people were in that atmosphere where the word of God was coming. Are you getting my point? And that stead of faith in their hearts, and they acted upon it without trying to exercise. Now that's the point. Without trying to exercise faith, but because muscle was built, and that's what I'm trying to say. When we are here today, listen. I'm going to be sharing what as we are displaying the word of God. Let me summarize like this: Expect a miracle. Amen? Amen. Expect the Lord to do something serious for you. Amen? Amen. Expect doors that were closed before to open for you. Now listen to this. Expect confusion to disappear from your life. You know, these days, if somebody says, if I'm supposed to make a serious decision, I don't worry much. In fact, I don't worry at all. Even if I don't know what to do now, I say by that time, I will know what to do. I am just so certain that God will speak Two different ways. And I will know what to do. Listen, somebody's listening to me. You will know what to do. Amen. Let me say it again. You will know what to do. Amen. I said something yesterday when we're praying, as we're running off that. Listen, we talked about strongholds, and as strongholds sometimes now strongholds are very strong. And that's why we have to consciously break them down. As I said, one of the things that strongholds do is to make people do things that are not helping them and they will not know. Because if they knew, they would have stopped. What am I trying to emphasize? God's, um, God's manifestation, his breakthrough, the thing he wants to bring into our lives, usually there is something he wants us to do for us to be able to receive that thing. Now, when I say we want us to do, let me emphasize. Sometimes Christians say, okay, I need to go and sow a seed. Now, listen. Sometimes that's what you need to do. But it's not often. It's not as frequent as people make it sound these days. It's not as frequent. Sometimes it is just the time you wake up. That's what I'm trying to explain. Sometimes it is the kind of work that you do. Read the Moshakarian story. When they went to pray, God said to them through different ways that go into dealing in farm produce. And that's one that man just changed direction and started dealing in farm produce. All right? Started with vegetables, went into dairy, became a dairy farmer. That made him a multi-millionaire. I don't know where you're getting my point. If he had continued on the road that he was on, he would never have made it. But he would not have known except the Lord revealed it to him. I hope you're getting what I'm going to explain here. That's what I'm saying to somebody. You will know what to do. Many times we are on one spot because we are not doing what we are supposed to be doing. And the only way you will start, you will leave that spot is if God reveals to you the next thing to do. Let me say to you again, you will know what to do. Amen. God will reveal to you clear direction beginning from today. Amen. When the apostle was praying earlier, he told the story of the man that got fired today. And I was saying it, I, wondered, I felt like calling the man, I said, tell the man, wait, wait, wait. Tell him that you shouldn't worry. Say, God knows what you need before you even ask him. So the guy needs to do two things. Number one, his prayer was that he will rejoin his family. First, pack and go and join your family. That's the immediate answer. After all, you could be on leave. And if the, if from the kind of place he was working, they will give you severance benefits. So let that be, your, that, that be your salary for the next two months. Don't worry. Then pray a simple prayer. Lord, now that you have fired me from there in answer to prayers. What next do I do? Listen, this is what I, in his case, I'm so certain. Unless he wants to sink like Peter. Because Peter will say, look at it now. Uh I was praying for God to bless me. Now he has sacked me. What kind of thing is this one? If he talks like that, he will drown. If he talks like that, he will drown. But if he understands this word, all right, that yes, God has has removed him from this job because I want to go back to meet my family. If he accepts that, we rejoice him. This I am setting off. at least in that man's case. The next job or business he starts, within a year, he will be earning double what he lost. That is, what he was earning where they fired him. Within a year, why I say within a year is that if it's a business he starts, it may take a few months to build up. But within a year, that fellow will be earning double what he was earning where he got fired. This time around, he'll be earning it living with his family. I hope you are getting my point. Because God will open his eyes and he will know what to do. What am I stuck on this matter? Okay, I'm prophesying. You will know what to do. Amen. You will know what to do. Amen. Somebody's listening to me say, I've looked for a job for the last six months. It hasn't worked out. Do you like the truth? You have looked in the wrong places. Listen. You have been looking in the wrong places. The place where God wanted to bless you from, through, you have despised it. Every time somebody suggested it, you said, I beg. Just think about it over the last few weeks. How many things have you done, I beg to? Maybe your father suggested it. Your friend suggested it. All those things that you did, I beg to. Go home and go and, and do. What did you say to them? Are you getting my point? The reason why you have not gotten it is that you have been looking in the wrong places. That thing has been staring up, you know, trying to come up to you so that you will receive it and you have said no. Let me quickly prophesy for you. You will know what to do. Amen. Somebody say, I will know what to do. I, to do. I receive wisdom, I receive wisdom in, 2016 in 2016 in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Let's pour the, word, the, let's pour the water of the word upon our lives. Let's throw water ahead. There's one new thing I want to introduce in this season. It's a, personal, it was a practice that we have used amongst my brethren. I just want to introduce it here. You know, when we share, the, the only one I want to start teaching, I ask us to repeat some things. I'm being filled with knowledge of His will and all of that. There's one I want to start. <laughs> I will change it here and there. Anytime I want to start praying, let me start with it. Let me just quickly explain something. I'm talk, I, talk, I call it the that boldness to enter into His presence or the righteousness of God. Give it any title you like. Okay, repeat this after me and I will explain it, okay? I want to introduce the beginning from now. Anytime I want to pray, you hear me do things like this, okay? Please, just repeat this one after me. Say, in the name of Jesus, Jesus, I enter into the presence of God to pray. Now, listen to this. I have confidence to enter into his presence. I have confidence to enter into the presence of God. 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 Say, like you believe it, I have come by the new and living way way, through through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, listen to this attentively and repeat it convincingly. I have not come in the power of my good works or any righteousness that is derived from me. I have come because of grace and mercy. These I have through the Lord Jesus Christ. I have come in the name of Jesus. I have come by faith and I have confidence that the Lord will hear me. Amen know what i've done all right let me just explain it the thing became it came strong on my heart as towards the end of the year i didn't even know i started doing it some time before that when i'm leading prayer for my brethren and the reason is this one of the things that weaken faith is the basis upon which we come to pray i said something before faith is interesting if it is there it works if it's not there you may not even know it's not there you get my point And if you have a wrong confidence, the real faith is not present and you won't get results. And you may not know it. Let me quickly explain what I'm going to say. Many people don't get answers to their prayers simply because they come on a wrong premise. And this is the premise I'm talking about. I'm a good man. I'm a good woman. I have helped the poor. I have fasted. They don't say it, but they think it. I don't know whether you're getting my point. They may not say anything, but it's deep inside their hearts. Ah, no. And I've heard it many times. I've heard it many times. I've heard people say that those of you who have fasted, there's no way God won't hear you more than those who did not fast. Did they hear that? They almost felt like telling the guy talking. Stop that nonsense. Because it's not true. What he meant is that some people have gone without food, some have been eating. The volume of food in your stomach totally says nothing about whether God will hear you or not. I'm sure we are clear on that. The man who has not eaten for 30 days and the one who has eaten regularly three square meals a day for 30 days, there is no difference in their ability to pray. Why do people fast? It's a different story. I'm not dealing with that now. People say, ah, before you can face devils, you must fast. Listen to me, it is not true. It is a power with which you face the devils that matter. Either that is the name of Jesus or it is not the name of Jesus. Please bear that in mind. Now, one thing that happens to people, like I was saying, is that they have this subtle confidence. That's why I I said something some time ago. Some people may have misunderstood me, but I didn't mean what I was saying. I said, before you pray this prayer, go and eat. You know why? (laughs) So that you will stop having any confidence in yourself. He said, okay, I'm believing God for breakthrough. I said, your next salary, don't give from it. Don't tithe from it. Don't help anybody. Eat everything. Eat it, waste it. When it has finished, then go and pray. He said, "Pastor, what are you teaching somebody? I said, because this fellow goes to pray with a kind of confidence that spurs faith. I must say, don't help people normally. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying if it's necessary, take time out, okay, to study the Word of God and wait upon, um, uh, upon the Spirit of God. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying there are people that they need to go and eat before they pray so that God can hear them. There are those that God will say, listen, before, before breakthrough will come, you will go three months without paying tithes, three months without first fruit, second fruit, third fruit, or fifth fruit. See, Panky, what are you teaching? I'm trying to get people to learn to pray with the confidence that is derived only from the mercy of God. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying you should make a lifestyle habit, um, to make it a habit, alright? A lifestyle habit of being selfish. I'm not saying make a lifestyle habit of being gluttony. I'm not trying to explain that people must not give. Of course, I can't say that. You know, I cannot say that. I'm just saying some people, before God can hear them, they have to break certain rules. It's those rules that have been preventing them from being heard. Why? Simply because anytime they want to pray, they have confidence that God will hear them. But that confidence is not based upon the word of God. It's not based upon the mercy in the blood of Jesus. It's not based upon any other thing than, I have said the right things. I have done the right things. That's what I'm talking about. In our church, we did a program in December. I didn't miss one day. I was the one that opened the chair, <laughs> I opened the doors, cleaned all the seats. This year, uh, God saw it now. ah? No? Uh-uh. Uh-uh, he saw it. <laughs> Pray in the name of Jesus. It's, not, it's a lie. You're not praying in the name of Jesus. You're praying in the power of good works. It's subtle. Oh, that's what I'm talking, I'm talking about. It's subtle. It's just, it's quietly there. I've heard it before. I'm helping other people's children. God will not let anything happen to my own. That is begging the devil to make something happen to them. Yeah. You are begging say devil. Make me an example. It's such so a people coming. Father God, he will supply our money. Why? Today he went to work. He helped somebody. One woman was crying. Why are you crying? School fees. It's time for school fees. And my children. You know I'm a widow. And then he dipped her in the pocket and gave the woman money. And paid this fees for the three children. I know. i say, God bless you. God bless you. And you go home and you kneel down. Say, Father, here I was talking about that car. Unconsciously, like you were there this morning. You no, know. I mean, Miss Ever did try. <laughs> it's an unconscious thing, but it's been ruining your life. You don't know. I don't know whether you're getting the point. That's why I wrote this, so that anytime we come to pray we always remind ourselves that I have not come in the power of my good works or any righteousness that is derived from me. I have come only because of grace and mercy. I have come through Jesus Christ. I have come in the power of his name. I have come by faith. I hope in your love. I hope in your mercy. Nothing else. Let me just please say something to us. Maybe because of force of habit, you know, for, I mean, you are used to doing something for years. It may be hard for you to go, go away all of a sudden. So you want to pray. I was about to pray for money. You remember last Sunday. They said, who will sow see a seed of 50000 Remember, you give. So you suddenly started, you started remembering. Let me tell you what you do. Open your mouth and confess. Say, Lord, please let me report myself. As I was about to start praying to ask you for blessing, financial blessing, promotion, increase in my business, I began to remember the offerings I gave. Please, I want to say I'm sorry for remembering them. <laughs> I want to say those offerings don't qualify me for anything. I want to say that's not the reason why I'm praying. If any thought like that comes up again, Lord, forgive me. It's just a bad habit. Watch me. The Bible says that if you confess like that, he will make those thoughts co- stop coming. That's what John man, when he said. He will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That's how you handle it. I can't say this thing enough. Please, people of God, we have given the devil too much power in our lives by subtly, gently. Job said something. He said, said, have I ever looked at the moon and secretly I raised my hand towards that is in worship? Sometimes we do many of these things secretly. It's 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 just hidden there. That church, I know how much I spent on it. So when you go to pray, Father God, you will build my life, you will build my house. After all, I built you a house. One of the most wicked things you can do before God. That's what you have just done. It's called pride. And listen, one of the greatest sins, as far as God is concerned, is pride. I'm not sure it's not the greatest. But I'm sure it's amongst the top two. Pride. Except that people, many times, they don't know the meaning of the word pride. They think pride is, I better pass my neighbor. Are you getting my point? (laughs) I'm better than my neighbor. That's not what pride is. Pride, well, that's part of it. I'm not saying that's not not pride, but that's, that's not the main thing. Pride is, let me give you a few definitions for pride. Pride is when you approach God and you think you deserve something. That is pride. Pride is when you say, I'm not like other people, God. You will do this for me. That is pride. Let me give you another one that will surprise you. If you have never thought about it before one major definition of pride is when you say this person, these people, the society, the environment is the reason why I'm not making progress. God causes pride. Did you hear what I said? No matter how right you are, listen, if they say unemployment in your country for people of your age is 90%, 90% what I said, Maybe you're a young man, you're 30, you're looking for work, you look for work for six months, seven months, one year, you don't find. And they say, why have you not found a job? He said, you know the country, the way it is. God said, it is pride, I won't help you. I don't have time to go into these details now. God says it's what? Pride. Once you blame somebody else for the situation you are in right now, who was the one that taught us that by the Spirit of God. He said it's called pride, and God does not listen. Why have I not gotten admission? It's because I don't know anybody. Those who know people now, they have gone and God said, you are a proud man. I'll keep you on that spot for a very long time. <laughs> Those are two definitions of pride most people don't know. Most people know the definition of pride that I can't be driving this kind of car. That's not the car my roommate is driving. They die, that man is proud. When you greet him, he doesn't shake people's hands. Just look at you. Say oh, how are you doing? Says so very snobbish. Don't mind him. He's proud. Is he proud? Possibly. But the kind of pride many people get involved in, they don't realize is what I'm describing. He said, "Do you know why I'm anointed today? I prayed more than all of you." <laughs> that is what? Pride. No, this grace upon me. Not, it didn't come easy. I know the fastings. I know the prayer mountain. Once a man talks like that, just know he's on his way down. Why? Because pride will first manifest before he fall. Man of God, why are you anointed? I will tell you in case you did not know. It is because you are called. <laughs> I don't know whether you heard what I said. Yes, you are called. So the person who called you put grace upon you. It is not because you prayed. Go and check. Moses was not praying when he was anointed, he was arguing. He was arguing. Go, I'm not going. Why won't you go? I, 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 I stammer too much. Okay, I will help you. Why? Why don't you look for somebody? The man was arguing. Yes, God gave him the kind of anointing that it took Jesus Christ to surpass him. It took Jesus to surpass Moses. And Moses was so anointed God used to get angry when people argue with Moses. That was how anointed that man was. Yet, what did he do to be anointed? I'll tell you what he demanded to be anointed. He got tired. God waited till he was weak and tired. And he had given up. And all the strength of a luther had left his body. Yes. That's how God did. God just waited till the guy was tired. At the age of 80, he had given up on everything that now appeared to him. He had lost self-confidence, all the wisdom of Egypt had left him. God now give him a staff. A staff that worked, even when he's in disobedience. I don't know whether I get my point. You <laughs> forgotten that story? Because when you get there, speak to the rock. Because he, should I talk? The staff works. That staff was working. That's how powerful the man was. But how did he get it? Because he prayed. You, you were there, you read the story. Did he pray? No. So, man of God, you are not anointed because you prayed. I've heard the preacher say it. The reason why I'm anointed today, I'm not, I mean, some believe they went to Jerusalem. The only thing in Jerusalem, in case you don't know, is pilgrimage sites. site. There is no anointing there. Let me not go there now. Okay, I will go there. <laughs> if you want to go to Israel, it's just to go and sightsee. It's to see sight and sightsee. That is all. Jesus is not there, God is not there. You know what God called the place? Ikabod. The glory has gone to Nigeria. (laughs) It's not in your Bible like that. I mean, the first part. (laughs) There's nothing there. I don't know why am I saying this. If anybody comes to tell you, brings olive oil from uh, what do you call it? From uh, Jerusalem. Tell him that God is in cotton seed oil. What's the popular oil we use in Nigeria now? No, brand, I'm talking about. The women, these guys, you don't know anything. I'm talking about the women, please. Can you help us? Madam? Huh? Gamalel. <laughs> God is our in ground oil made with local ground nuts and uh, soya bean. As much as it's in the olive oil you harvest from the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. I'm explaining why I wrote that thing. These are the subtle things that we bring that kills prayer. Prayer just doesn't work. Once we come to God and say, we have done this. And I had gently, you know. And one of, the, one of the ways you will know that you depend on those things, that you will never pray until you have done them. Matter this, let us fast first. i I'm not saying fa- Fasting is for when you don't understand direction. Are you getting my point? You need to seek direction. What am I supposed to do next? My business at the particular level, I don't pray, nothing is moving. So let me take time out to seek the face of God in prayer and fasting. What that means simply is that you take time out to concentrate. One of the things I found out, oh God, I'm saying many things. And let me say it, Navi. Have any problem with it? Thank you. One of the things I have found out, I get direction easily when I start thinking about something. What I mean is this. And there's, there's a scripture for it. The Bible says to, to Nebuchadnezzar, he said that when you were on your bed, your mind turned to know the things that will happen in the future. Then once his mind turned to find out what will happen in future, God gave him a vision. That's why God does it. Go and look at Moses also. What did the Lord say about Moses? Moses was passing, then he saw, then a the bush was burning, and the bush was not consumed.